Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome back to Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew University, and I am in the archives today with Candace Riley. Candace, how you doing? Doing great. Happy to be back. Great. And we have a special guest for this episode, Zoe Bowser. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, great to have you today. So what are we, uh, what are we looking at today? Well, today we're talking about more of our manuscript collection. So I think it was uh, two seasons ago, we talked about that great diary of that woman who had all those affairs and she loved shopping. Well, we love collecting those diaries within the archives and we got a fairly new acquisition, a diary by the little boy by the name of Edwin. And one of our student workers, Zoe, who's here with us today, has been transcribing Edwin's diary for us. Great. So she's going to tell us a little bit about Edwin and the diary project. Yeah, so Edwin Marshall Clark is a boy who was 12 in 1917, and at the very beginning of the calendar year, he purchased this journal um, so as to just record his day-to-day life, and he informed me of all of this at the beginning of his journal, so oh. I've been, yeah, luckily he's very, very communicative, so I've been recording all of his day-to-day happenings, his school days, his family, all of his friends, so... Cultivated a relationship with him. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We're, we're besties now. So. Yeah, you, I feel like you must know Edwin very closely in comparison to maybe anybody in the world because you're reading his intimate thoughts. I am. And some of them, he's he's a unique individual. He's got some... He's an opinionated boy. Okay. okay. <laughs> he... He's a little troubled at times. Um, he's expressed some violent tendencies towards oh. his friends. Um, I think being 12 is a tumultuous time regardless of what year it is. Sure, sure. So at the, at the ripe age of 12, some of his friends have been hanging out with girls instead of him. Oh. And he, needless to say, is not so happy about that. And so he said that they would pay uh, for what they had done and that he was going to get them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so he... He's a uh, a volatile, a volatile young child. He's definitely going through some stuff. He's going through it, man. And this is 1917, you said, right? And he's yeah. 12 years old. Yeah. So, really, turn of the century baby. He really is, yeah. And hence the diary, I imagine, right? I mean, if one is losing one's friends to their romantic relationships and escapades, um, one would maybe turn to a journal uh, for some companionship. Yeah, it's... I think that's probably it. There's a lot of names to keep track of, and I don't know if these are nicknames or if these are their actual names, but he's got some odd-named friends. Oh. Like, Punkin, spelled like P-U-N-K-I-N. Nice. Yatsky, Y-A-T-S-K-Y. I wish I knew a Yatsky. I also wish I knew a Yatsky, and quite a few others, um... And they go boxing together. They really have a lot of violent outlets. They play with, like, water pistols. They box. Um, they use little slingshots. He makes his own slingshots. Um, and the rubber bands are always breaking, so he's always having to buy new rubber bands for his slingshots. Oh, wow. With which to attack his friends, of course. Okay. So, like, with rocks, I'm assuming. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And marbles. Oh, yeah. Marbles. You know, given the time frame, that sort of tracks with me because the late 19th century, early 20th century, we have this uh, idea that modern society is emasculating and is sapping the energy of young boys. You have the invention of the Boy Scouts at the time, oh, yeah. uh, these sort of outdoor pastimes and uh, sometimes even violent pastimes, right, to uh, cultivate 
the masculine characteristics of, of young boys. So uh, that sort of tracks in there. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking like from a modern lens, we're thinking like very violent, very troubled. Right. But you're, you're, what you're saying, Andrew, is yeah. back then, pretty normal kid. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not the violent, I'm going to get you type of friends yeah. talk. Not, not, the, not the sort of Michael Myers <laughs> no, aspect, no, right? I, but, yeah. I'm wondering if uh, his future was related to being a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You definitely see the the competitive tendencies between him and his friends of kind kind of trying to prove themselves. Um, there was, of course, the drama when they made a club and they had to host elections for who was going to be the president of the club. That caused some some drama. Edwin ended up winning the election. So he's a very popular okay. boy. He's a popular boy. So he's the president of his club of, within his friends, um, which he was pretty excited about. Um, still going to make them pay, though. Still going to make them pay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you mentioned once to me that he then developed a new language that he would then write within the diary. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So this is a transcriber's nightmare because not <laughs> only is he 12 and therefore has imperfect spelling. Sure. His handwriting is also atrocious, and he has now made up a fake language that doesn't exist, and so now I am tasked with transcribing this language when I can't even always read what he's saying in English. Hmm. And that's always fun, is when he's just writing absolute gibberish that I Mm. can't understand (laughs) in the least um, between him and his friends for his little club. And that's been... Oh, so it's like a club language. Yeah, and there's a lot of exclusion involved. There are specific oh. friends, uh, such as Doug, who's actually his younger brother, okay. um, and some other friends who are not allowed to know the language because they're not part of the exclusive club. Ah. Um, and so there's a lot of secrecy with the secret language, which is clearly why I'm not allowed to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like one day it's going to come to you that you're going to be able to decode this language and you're going to get an even deeper look into Edwin's mind. If I like sleep with Edwin's diary under my pillow, I'll like absorb <laughs> it through right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So I assume then that this made up language has some kind of logic or consistency to it if multiple people had to use it, right? So... I imagine it makes sense somehow. Have you been able to decode it so far? So I haven't been able to decode anything other than the sort of proper nouns of the language. For example, the language itself has a name, um, as well as there's a name for the club. And so in terms of proper nouns, those get used in repetition. Anything else, though, is just completely beyond my comprehension that's very interesting though because i think that is the only diary within our collection that has kind of a made-up child's language within it which i think is something that could be really fun to study yeah absolutely yeah and it's so timeless i love it so much because reading it it's so i don't know ever prevalent like i made up secret languages with all of my (laughs) siblings when i was a kid and we had a little clubhouse it was um I live on a farm, and so the people who previously owned the house used to have goats. And so the goat house was our clubhouse. We made up a secret language so that our parents wouldn't hear us talking. So it's very, it's very relatable across yeah. eras. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So do you think of any future projects people could use Edwin's Diary for within like their classes or honors theses? I think similarly to what we were talking about before, it has a lot of implications about growing up as a young boy and being, I don't know, being just a victim of the time and kind of having to adhere to all of these expectations. Um, There are some harder passages about 
him and his brothers being hit by their dad Mm -hmm. and kind of having to deal with that as well as him making a joke in class one time to the girl sitting next to him about how in this math problem, um, there is a girl in the math problem who receives more candies than the boy. And he says as a joke, like, oh, I wish I were that girl. And the girl raises her hand and tells on the teacher and says, Edwin said that he wished he was a girl. And he got in trouble because he made that joke. And so I think that it speaks a lot to childhood culture. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that story alone, I feel like, could be an opening quote to a paper. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Policing the uh, the boundaries of gender, certainly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do we know what became of Edwin? So Lizzie and I actually did some... Lizzie is another student worker, a friend of mine, and she and I did some external, just for fun research, and we did actually end up finding his lineage um, because his family was prominent in the state of um, New York and we found like their business and you Mm -hmm. could um, trace the lineage back and all of the names lined up in regards to his siblings as well as his mom and his dad. It was really, really cool. And I mean, he just grew up to be a normal guy who was a businessman and Mm -hmm. nothing sinister happened to my knowledge, but... Well, the diary decode for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Where the bodies are buried. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I feel like these diaries are such a fun look into kind of these points in time. And especially for this one, like to see through the eyes of a child and get their kind of firsthand account. is something that's really fascinating. Yeah, I I love an unreliable narrator. And Edwin (laughs) certainly fulfills that for me. (laughs) So how you are near completing, I think, that diary. You have gone, you spent a semester and a half, I feel like, with Edwin. Yeah, I picked up where I left off this semester and... um, I'm over halfway through at this point. I'm going to be closing my chapter with Edwin soon, which will make me so sad. Oh. Yeah, I'll miss Edwin. Yeah. Well, we will work on getting Edwin's diary completely digitized and then put Excellent. Zoe's transcription online as well so then everyone can read Edwin's story. Yeah. So remember, if you're going to write a diary or journal, you make sure your family does not get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> some, poor, some poor 20-year-old hundred years down the line, we'll have to transcribe it. So write neatly, please. <laughs> well, thank you very much for sharing, Zoe. This Absolutely. has been great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. That's our show. To take a look at some of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10, head on over to the Special Collections and University Archives website at drew.edu forward slash library forward slash S-C-U-A. You can also check out images of some of the materials at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. That's D-U-P-A-R-C-H-I-V-E.org. There's a lot of great stuff there, and the collection is growing every week, so I hope you check it out. That's it for now. And remember, you can now find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you like the show, give us a follow. If you love us, share us with a friend, or consider leaving us a rating and review. We'd love to know what you think. So for myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candice Riley, Manager of Special Collections, we will see you next time on Drew Archives in 10.